Hello and welcome to the first instalment of the Football Podcast, where we'll be discussing all things football. This week we've got a Bundesliga review coming up for you and it's everything sponsored by Kickstocks. We'll get into that in a minute. James Cavanagh here, I'm your host for this podcast. Alongside me is a very, very dear friend of mine. He's Amsterdam born and bred, so it goes without saying that he's an Ajax diehard, but he's also the co-founder of fantasy football platform Kickstocks. Victor, welcome aboard. Thank you very much, James. It's an, uh, it's an honor to be here. Victor, football is back. I don't know how, you, how excited you've been for this weekend, but for me, last weekend it felt like almost New Year's, Christmas and my birthday all combined into one because Bundesliga was back and it feels like being reunited with a long lost lover, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think every football fan feels the same way as you. Yeah. You missed the, the smell of the grass through the TV almost, you know, yeah. so uh, it was great to see that the, that the players were playing again. Mm-hmm. So we're back in business. First and foremost, just want to say that uh, this podcast is sponsored by Kickstocks. Uh, Kickstocks is a fantasy football platform that allows players to purchase and sell shares in their favorite footballers through an in-house built and designed stock market. Uh, it uses real-time football data and social gameplay to bring football fans closer to the sport they love. So, Victor, do you just want to give us a little uh, idea of what Kickstocks is all about and um, how it all started? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I actually started this with um, a friend of mine, Juan Lacroix, and uh, later on with uh, uh, Gerald Smith. Smith, who we, um, we, we, we thought of the idea and we came to the conclusion that actually for, uh, for football fans there was actually not really a, a, a nice gaming solution. So then we looked a bit at the American market and we saw that fancy sports is huge there. And we thought, you know, Europe needs this, Holland needs this, and, and the European football needs this. So we came up with the idea of Kickstocks. And what Kickstocks essentially is, it's a mix between fancy sports, the traditional fancy sports of drafting your players and them getting scores based on their uh, on-pitch performance. And we want to give that an extra dimension by uh, mixing it kind of with a stock market idea. So it's a mix between the traditional fancy sports and stock trading. So what you do, users, they can pick their players from, uh, we offer the five big competitions in Europe plus the Europa League and Champions League. And I'm uh, inserting the Dutch Eredivisie as one of those five <laughs> big leagues because we started in Holland, of course. Exactly, one of the homes of football. Exactly, exactly. So uh, what people can uh, can choose their players and based on how they perform in real uh, on the pitch, the players go up and down in value. They start with a base value and they uh, and th- that value changes uh, based on how they perform. And on top of that, there's a, a small part of uh, on-platform supply and demand, which, which determines or which influences the price. And the goal is to really to pick the right players and, and battle against your friends. So if... if if we, if we want to battle with a friend group, for example, and uh, uh, it's really about who knows the most about football. Do you Have you picked the right players? Uh, have I picked the right players? And uh, based on their percentage increase of that match, uh, you win the battle, your whole portfolio wins the battle. So it's a good way for proper fans to really showboat a little bit about their football knowledge, sort of who are the key players in the football scene at the moment, and really sort of try and, I guess, uh, pick out top talents before they emerge, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The bragging rights are key here. That's good. So where, so where did the idea actually come from? Well, the idea came from, from, from the US, actually. We saw that the, that the, the fancy sports in, uh, in America was really a, a, like a lifestyle almost. You know, people are so invested. They are fanatical about it out there, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And in, in Europe, you have, the, for example, the fancy Premier League, which is a huge game. But we, want, we wanted to uh, kind of go beyond that because the, 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 the traditional fancy games are usually season long. People draft their teams in the beginning of the season, which is, which is the most fun, actually. Mm. But then as the season progresses and 
you kind of lose interest if you're not on top and yeah. uh, you know yeah. you don't have a chance to yeah. get on top. I, I, to be fair I used to do that with um, you know the Premier League do their own kind of uh, fantasy team and uh, I would always get really hyped about it for about a month and then I'd always just lose interest it'd always just be one of these things that would sort of peter out throughout the season exactly um, so so we really want to add the daily aspect to that mm. so that people can come in whenever they like and it doesn't affect uh, their leaderboard position yeah. for example so what so what's cool is that it's, it's free to use so anybody yeah. can get on it you don't have to invest any money uh, you get money in game I think you get about was it 100,000 euros to spend as soon as you sign up fictional euros yeah fictional <laughs> euros exactly <laughs> if only we all had 100,000 exactly. cool cash to splash so where did the actual where did you get the because um, obviously there's an algorithm that goes behind it which measures players in game real time so how did you design that how did that come about yeah, so we so we measure more than 250 actions per player on uh, on the pitch. So uh, for all the five leagues and the European leagues, we have that's m- more than 3,000 players. So there's immense amount of data that comes in. And um, yeah, I'm not going to tell you the secret behind our secret sauce, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I wouldn't but, uh, no, but all those all those all those actions they have a value, which we give them, and then. Uh, uh, some more important than others, of course, and mm. then how they perform on the pitch. Uh, the data comes real time yeah. to our platform, so within seconds you see the price change so, uh, of that player. So how? Because um, for maybe uh, a reference for some of the listeners at home, uh, there'll probably be a few people from the UK listening to this. Um, the one thing that I can maybe reference it to, which is similar to, is something very famous out in the UK called Football Index. So yep. how similar is it to Football Index? Is it is it basically the same idea? They do things quite differently, or how do you guys differentiate? I mean, Football Index is, is really real money. And, and the value of those players is purely uh, based on supply and demand, 100%, just like a real stock market. Yeah. And there's real money involved uh, in actually buying shares of that player. What we do, we are, are, the cash you get at the beginning is fictional. The players' prices are fictional. Uh, it's really in uh, the, that social aspect which we want to bring, where you can battle your friends and, and really play together. And Football Annex, is, it's a great idea, but it's... It's more individual, mm. and we really want to have that competition. You know, who knows best? Here's your way to prove it. Exactly uh, that that feeling. That's cool. Around. I like that. So we've got we've got Bundesliga review coming up for you guys. So essentially, what this pod is going to be about, we're uh, briefly going to just discuss um, a few topics around football, and then we're going to analyze a couple of the games, and we're going to use official data provided by Kickstocks. <laughs> you guys have got a huge comprehensive database um, that feeds into the actual algorithm and the platform. So we're going to use uh, some of the data, and we're going to analyze some of the games and pick out some of the MVPs, some of the key players maybe just discuss some of the goals uh, there were some cracking goals over the weekend I think um, what was nice football being back obviously is we got to see uh, a decent standard of football I think on the return there was still a bit of rust to shake off from some of the players and some of the teams um, but overall what was your impression of um, the first weekend back I mean for me it felt it felt a little bit a little bit weird empty stadiums no fans no atmosphere you could hear the players the coaches it almost had a weird kind of eerie ominous feel to it and I was watching it with friends so the atmosphere in the living room was nice but the feel on the pitch just wasn't the same for me I don't know what do you think yeah, I felt like a training match yeah. you know? and obviously the, the, the main feeling that arises is football's back and we get to see live matches again but if you look a bit further than that you start you really start to appreciate the, the atmosphere that fans can bring to a match even if you're watching uh, at home on TV because mm. it brings so much extra to, to the whole experience Yeah. so I just want to ask you a quick question before we move on 
football being halted, being put on the sidelines, so to speak, for a while, has affected the whole football pyramid, whether it be not just football clubs with regards to match day revenue, whether it be sponsors, whether it be uh, the companies and the organisations that are in charge of the media rights, everything's been put on hold. So for you guys, obviously the name of the game is football being played and uh, the real magic happens with the player value in-game when the football's actually being played. So with football being halted and not having any football for the last couple of months, how's that actually affected you guys and how have you managed to keep up engagement with your fans and your users throughout the kind of uh, quarantine period? Yeah, I mean, it was tough, obviously, because our whole game um, is driven by uh, live football matches and the data that's provided by those matches. So um, first and foremost, you know, we're all football fans at Kickstocks. You know, it's our passion. You know, at, at first glance, the thing you miss most is the live football matches. You know, from a game point perspe- perspective, it's just tough. You know, we have to wait out, wait it out uh, like anyone else until live football is back. And thank God it is. Well, football is back, baby. So with that said, should we get on with the pod? Should we yeah, crack on? Football is back, and kick, which means Kickstock is back as well. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Cheers to that. Let's do it. So, briefly, just before we get started, Wick, uh, I wanted to get your opinions on something. So, obviously, uh, born and bred Amsterdammer, you've grown up watching Dutch football. Uh, the Dutch Football Association, the KNBB, announced in the back end of April that the season was effectively over uh, after Mark Rutte's government extended a ban on major public events until September, September 1st. So, that's obviously professional sports, but that's also festivals, events, whatever. Uh, so, the KNBB decided to call the season null and void basically denying Ajax a title based on goal difference. Now, they were neck and neck with RZ on 56 points. Um, From a Dutch perspective, first of all, from an Ajax fan perspective, how peeved were you of that decision? And second of all, what's been the general reception from Dutch football fans with the way uh, the KNV Bay have gone about it? I mean, obviously, they've had sort of their hands tied behind their back because they can only react to what the Dutch government are telling them. Um, But, I mean, on the flip side, for example, the Belgian league decided to award the title to Club Brugge. Slightly different situation. They were 15 points ahead of their nearest challengers, Ghent. But, you know, they did have, uh, they could have possibly awarded the title to Ajax. So how, how have the Dutch received um, sort of the ultimate decision that KMBV have taken to call this, the season null and void? Well, James, I think that the, I think that important factor which plays here is that what you say, that Ajax and AZ were tied on points. I think if that was any different or that Ajax was on top or even AZ was on top, there'd be no discussion, right? So, and in a situation where, where the league is stopped, there will, there will always be losers. Mm. And there will always be people who have something, maybe sometimes rightfully so, to complain about. You can't make everyone happy. Exactly, exactly. I think, for me as an Ajax fan, <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if I'll make people happy here, but I'm just glad that we got the Champions League spot. Uh, you've won enough, haven't you? You've I got just, enough I titles anyway. I think we've got the Champions Th- League think spot. Think about the poor RZ fans. I mean, these guys must I be... I mean, but they're, they're second on the table. I mean, how far do you have to go? That's you know, that's it. Mm. That's it. They're second on the table. Ajax is on top. So, so what effectively happens then? Are they, with regards to Champions League qualification spots, they're going to just take the last season's results and apply those for next season? No, no, no. So they take the current results they take the current as result, they, they when they stop the league. Okay. So uh, Ajax is on top, so they get the direct placement uh, for Champions League. Yeah. Brilliant. So, um, I mean, obviously, look, the Premier League, La Liga, uh, these these leagues are totally different beasts in terms of the money involved, in terms of the ramifications of actually uh, coming to a decision as to how you're going to conclude the season. Um, 
uh, with regards to media rights, it is pivotal for the Premier League to actually finish the season because there's so much at stake. Um, the amount of you know the financial repercussions of not finishing the season are going to be drastic. They're going to be huge. I guess in a way that's something the Eredivisie have not necessarily had to face or challenge to that respect. I mean, Fox Sports, for example, announced that they're going to pay the TV rights for this season regardless of whether the games are completed or not. So that's nice. But you were telling me earlier that um, the majority of Dutch football teams actually rely very heavily on matchday income, don't they? Yeah, the Eredivisie is one of the only leagues in Europe where um, the revenues from tickets and everything actually outside TV rights is higher than the revenues from TV rights. You know, in all other leagues, TV rights bring in most of the money for clubs, but in the Eredivisie, that's not that much. I mean, Fox Sports, they paid uh, they had to pay six million euros. Um, and it's, it's pennies in the wallet, if you think compared about to it. other leagues, especially mm. the Premier League. When you're so, talking uh, the Premier League, you're talking hundreds of millions of pounds that have to be paid out to clubs potentially. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think I think that definitely played. That was a factor in the decision to stop the stop the, uh, the league right now. I mean, look, ultimately, football's going to be back next season for the Dutch. But right now, Bundesliga is back. The Germans are lucky to get football back <laughs> on their soil. So, look, some people aren't necessarily happy about the decision. Some people are saying it's too soon. Others are saying, you know, how can you guarantee that player safety is actually going to be maintained? But all we know is football's back. So we've got some football to analyze. How good is that? Amazing, amazing. And James, just to speak that, I think that Bundesliga is one of the most exciting competitions to watch. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of underrated um, if you look at the Premier League or the Spanish League. But the Bundesliga is an amazing league to watch. Yeah. If you look at the table right now, the top five, they're within eight points of each other. From six to 12, they're within nine points of each other. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I have to agree, actually. And what's great is you get young talent coming through. You get teams playing good, exciting football. Value for money-wise, it's probably the best football you can watch because the, the, the tickets are actually the cheapest tickets of any of the top five leagues in Europe. But you get a, a, an insane amount of goals coming from that league. So bang for your buck, it's probably the best league out there as well. And I do love the fact that they have this mentality of bringing through young players and cultivating young talent. So without further ado, should we get cracking with our first game? Let's go. Let's do it. So, where better to start than probably the headline act of the opening weekend? Uh, Borussia Dortmund versus Schalke ended up being a 4-0 easy win and a cruise for Borussia Dortmund. In their first game in 66 days, Dortmund shook off early signs of rust in front of an almost empty Westfalenstadion, clinching three points against a distinctly average Schalke side that have now lost their last eight consecutive games not having won a game since January 12th, so pretty poor form. That season dropped down to 8th place and out of European contention for now. Dortmund took a commanding lead by half-time through Erling Haaland's 10th goal in as many league games for the club. He's just turning out to be an absolutely phenomenal player this season. Followed by Guerrero's smart finish on the stroke of half-time to make it 2-0 for the home side. Thorgan Hazard added a third three minutes into the second half before Guerrero doubled his tally with a fine outside of the boot finish to seal the win. So in the end, pretty easy for Dortmund. Any players that stood out for you uh, in this game, Vic? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, as you stated, Haaland, what a player he is. I mean, this is just an incredible thing that we're, we're experiencing. Well, he's looking like a machine, isn't he's he? He's a machine. He's a machine. I mean, 10 goals in 10 games, and he's so young as well. What a what an absolute beast. Kickstocks-wise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let, let's get stuck into the Kickstocks. Yeah, stats, yeah, yeah sure. Hit, hit I mean, me with some stats. I mean, he's uh, he's one of the cheaper players on our platform at the moment because he just came from uh, from Austria in the winter. So let's so let's just be clear. I mean, the aim of the game with Kickstocks, obviously, like like anything with stocks and shares, you want to buy low so that it grows high. So someone like Haaland, he's quite young, but 
Um, what is it necessarily that affects the the price of a player? So is it just performance? Is it also how often they're involved in, for example, the media? Or is it purely on a performance basis? The main thing is performance. Main thing is performance. Really on-pitch performance. Right. And then there's a little bit of how popular it is on the platform, right. how many okay. people buy. Okay. And, yeah. So what's so what's what are we looking at with Haaland right now, for example? Yeah, so Haaland, just to give a bit more context, we also compare um, the price increase is also dependent on the form of the player itself, right? And this is purely so that people don't always go up in price, right? So we compare his current match or his current actions compared to the average of his last five games. Right. And Haaland has an incredible average. You know, as you said, 10 goals in 10 games. So Haaland only went up 3.54% in price. But that's because his expectation to score goals it's so high. It's so high. Yeah. So uh, you expect him to score a goal a game, which he has been. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But if you look, you know, he won. He won three of his three aerial aerial duels. Um, he made some key passes. He had one assist as well. You know, this 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 is just an amazing player. But I th- I don't even think that was the star player of the Dortmund match. I think that was um, uh, Guerrero. Rafa Guerrero, who's two, two goals, played really well. Tidy finish for uh, the second as well. Who for years has been such a solid. Uh, he started as a left back, but actually he's like he can play anywhere on the left side. He can play left forward, which he has done, I think so. Two goals, you know, and his that one goal out with his outside left foot. Oh, beautiful! I mean, Guerrero, the second goal, Haaland, great knockdown. Brandt with a nice switch, yeah. and then Guerrero with a fantastic finish on the outside of his foot. Yeah, um, really nice. And Guerrero is also one of the biggest rises, you know, because people don't expect a left back, even though he's, he's quite a scorer, but he, people don't expect a left back to score goals. So he even went up almost 30% in, uh, on wow. kickstocks, yeah. So have you got have you got someone to hit me? Who is your worst player this game? I mean, for me, I've probably got to put a name in the hat. I mean, the poor goalkeeper, Mark Schubert, he had an absolute shocker. I mean, poor guy, he's 21 years old, he's young, but let's just hope he's not had a performance that's going to define him for years to come because some of the goals were just uh, outrageous. I mean, especially the third goal that went in from Thorgan Hazard I mean that should have been saved all day shouldn't it yeah absolutely and that's also the player I wanted to highlight as uh, as the LVP of this this game I mean generally Schalke just played a poor game but this guy yeah I mean poor goalkeeper his mistake of that goal you know really defined actually his yeah. match and, and it, it was just you know a good portrayal of Schalke's whole match mm. uh, his performance you know he went down almost 30% as well um, in value on kickstocks uh, and you know, he had a 43% accurate passing. That's just, it's just, it's just poor. Well, I mean, the second goal was fully down to him, wasn't it? He tried yeah. to clear the ball from the box and it got intercepted. And yeah, in the end, just really poor performance. So shame to see, but Dortmund cruised to an easy win. So let's crack on with the next game. Next game for you, FC Union Berlin versus Bayern Munich. Uh, Bayern made a winning return to the Bundesliga action after beating Union 2-0 to re-establish a four-point lead at the top of the league, responding nicely to Dortmund's 4-0 hammering against Schalke. The reigning champions came into this game in fine form, having won 10 of their last 11 Bundesliga matches, only dropping points in a goalless draw against RB Leipzig back in February. Benjamin Pavard's second-half header sealed the deal with this one uh, after Lewandowski's opener from the penalty spot opened the scoring. That means Union stay 12th in their first Bundesliga season, which isn't bad, to be honest. Seven points clear of the relegation spot. Let's be honest, do we see... I mean, are Bayern your favourites for winning the Bundesliga this season? They have to be, surely. Yeah, but the Bayern are always the favourites. Always mm. the favourites. But, I mean, if you uh, if you look at how close it is, anything can happen. You know, you never know how people... Uh 
what happens uh, without 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 fans, you know, with the away games, you never know. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, if you look at the, the, the upcoming games that Bayern have got, they've still got to play uh, Frankfurt at home, who've not been fantastic this season, but they've still got Borussia Dortmund, they've still got to play Bayer Leverkusen away, they've still got to play Mönchengladbach at home, um, and Wolfsburg away, so they've got some tough fixtures coming up, uh, comparatively to Dortmund, who I think have a slightly easier run, so they could have their work cut out for them. But and they played Dortmund as well. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So they could have their work cut out for them. But So who was a standout player for you? I mean, I've got a player in mind, but I'm going to let you tell me who your standout player was for this game. Uh, I mean, if we look if we look at the stats, and this, you know, the goal also helps, but uh, Benjamin Pavar. Mm. I mean, he played, a, he played a solid game. If you look at his heat map, you can see that most of his actions were past the, the midline, which just shows what an attacking right back he is. And the goal, you know, it was just, it was, it was a good goal. I mean, he had a 86% uh, uh, passing accuracy. He had three interceptions, three tackles. He won almost all of his duels in, in the air and on the ground. He just played a good game, and you know, scoring a goal as a defender, you know, that that gives a boost. I've look, I've I've got to put one name in the hat. I mean, this guy for me. Robert Lewandowski, he is just such an incredible player. I mean, for me, he's a classic old-fashioned number nine. I don't think you get too many of them in the game these days. I can maybe list Harry Kane as another example. No-nonsense striker who sticks to his position but is an absolute goal-scoring machine. Look, I know you're a man of your stats, but let me hit you with a couple of stats of my own. In this game, he clocked his 26th goal for the season. So that's 231 games in 276 appearances for Bayern with a cool 56 assists thrown in there as well. The man is averaging more than a goal a game in every competition he's featured in this season and this is now his fifth consecutive season having scored at least 40 goals in all competitions I mean we're talking Messi and Ronaldo numbers with that aren't we I mean how, a, how good is this player he's a top top striker probably the best I, I even think he's the best number nine out there at the moment and he's he's been so consistent over the years as you say by scoring goals 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 after goals mm. so um, I mean I don't think any team can wish for a better striker than uh, Robert Lewandowski at this time uh, any LVPs least valuable player I mean did anyone have an absolute shocker I mean for me Subotic Subotic was an absolute uh, had an absolute howler uh, uh, Subotic is the Kickstarts LVP so that, uh, that this, makes this was not pre-recorded anything, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. well was spotted like, this was not planned <laughs> well spotted James <laughs> no uh, you know even though you know as you stated Union Berlin they, you know they're, they're they're doing well for um, for being promoted uh, last season yeah, they're, 12, they're only they're only um, what is it nine points from the sixth place yeah Subotic you know who we all know as a steady Dortmund defender he was yep. a, a golden duo with uh, Mats Hummels and then Jurgen Klopp's uh, Borussia Dortmund and his old teammate came back to haunt him today exactly so uh, you know he went down 5.63% but I mean it's, it's tough to play against this Bayern it's tough to be a defender against Lewandowski you know so who can blame him okay should we crack on to the next match yes ole, 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 ole. so next match Werder Bremen versus Bayer Leverkusen this ended a cool 4-1 for Bayer Leverkusen now the golden boy on everyone's lips Kai Havertz scored twice as Bayer Leverkusen closed the gap to fourth placed RB Leipzig to one point after making a winning return to the Bundesliga action Havertz scored two headers in the first half taking his tally to four goals in three games in all competitions Theodore Selassie scored what would only prove to be a consolation goal for Bremen as second half strikes from Mitchell Weiser and Kerem Demirbay wrapped up a comprehensive victory for the visitors Leverkusen 
still in fine form, having won now 13 of their last 15 games in all competitions. That's probably some of the best form in the league. Meanwhile, Bremen's plight down at the bottom of the Bundesliga deepens. Uh, they have just one win in 12 matches and a five points adrift of Fortuna Dusseldorf, who are lingering around that relegation playoff place. So not good reading for Bremen fans. Um, but let's be honest, in a game like this, there's only one person we can talk about, and it's Kai Havertz, isn't it? Huge talent. Uh, really huge talent. I think uh, Leverkusen, you know, me as an Ajax fan, likes like Peter Bos. I was going to say, he's, he's a, an Ajax fan favourite, isn't he? Yeah, Peter Bos at the helm. He brought us uh, to the, he brought Ajax to the Europa League final in 2017. So, uh, and you know, in, he's really known for his attacking football, his, you know, his pressing and, you know, uh, really pose- uh, possession-based football. And I think Kai Havertz is, is a perfect player for his system because he's so talented. He, you know, he can move the ball quick. He can score goals. He does. And he's still young, huh? He's, uh, what is he? Only he's 20 years old. 20, 20 years, years old, old yeah. yeah. He's still a young talent. Um, he's looking like a phenomenal talent for sure. But he had a great game. Also, a uh, notable mention. I mean, Diaby, for me, had a really good game today. He had a couple of great assists, Musa Diaby. I mean, first goal, Musa Diaby with a great surging run down the right-hand side. Put it on a platter for Kai Harvest to head it in. And for the second, for, what was it? I think it was the, the third goal as well. Diaby, he clocked his second assist. Nice pass from Harvest to set him free. And uh, he put it, again, a nice honor dime for Mitchell Weiser with the goal. So, a Diaby for me, also a decent game. Yeah, for sure. And I think we should also mention uh, Florian Wirtz. Yeah. who became one of the youngest Bundesliga players and starters uh, to have ever played with only 17 years old yeah. and this is this goes back to Peter Bos' philosophy which you know, it doesn't matter how old you are if you're good enough you play talent shines through exactly yeah. just another quick one on Kai Havertz I just have to say he's now been involved in 7 goals in his last 5 Bundesliga games that's 4 goals and 3 assists in all competitions no Bundesliga ha- player has been involved in more goals in 2020 than Kai Havertz he's been involved in 16 goals that's that's uh, 16 yeah 9 goals and 7 assists so uh, in terms of a talent unreal did anyone have a shocker today? there must have um, been a few well, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna point out uh, Gerber Selassie, you know, who's uh, mm. who's who's been at Vera Bram for a really long time. Mm, yeah, you know, he scores a he scores a goal, plays a decent game, has to concede four, uh, but still goes up in price because uh, because does he? Yeah, ah, he does because because he's not expected to score, um, and he plays a decent game. You know, he, he makes a lot of runs. He had a a couple of crosses. He had four clearances. Uh, he dribbled past. Uh, he had two really good dribbles, and he won. He won his duel. So even though he had to concede four, the goal obviously helps a lot because um, that's not expected. But he went up four point seven percent. I think that the worst player at Werder Bremen's side was uh, was Marco Friedel, um, who just played a poor, poor game. You know, uh, he played on the left side. Um, he went down uh, 15.7%. That has to do with the goals conceded. But also, you know, he lost possession um, 15 times, which is a lot fouled uh, twice. He had a percentage of, or passing percentage of 71% accuracy. Just a poor game. And, you know, this is it's, if Bayer Leverkusen are on a roll, they're on a roll. Yeah. They'll just steamroll almost anyone, any team in, in the league. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and it, you know, you mentioned that Werder Bremen they're in the relegation zone. It'd be su- it'd, it'd be sad to see such a big club move to the second Bundesliga because in the second Bundesliga yep. you, all, you have Hamburg as well. I think I think I remember reading Werder Bremen now are the longest standing team to have been in the Bundesliga. I think it's fifty six years in a row. It used to be Hamburg. Hamburg got relegated. Yeah. Now they're the ones holding the title, and it looks like their time might be up pretty soon. Pretty soon yeah. as well. So that'd be sad. To see. That would be sad. Um, do you give any shot for Leverkusen to win the league this year? No. I don't. No, I don't. I think um, 
Dortmund and Bayern are just All the way. Are just too steady. But, you know, they could get the Champions League spot for sure. Okay, let's see. Next game coming up. So the fourth and final game we're going to be discussing today is uh, Frankfurt versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. Ended 3-1 for Borussia. Borussia Mönchengladbach enjoyed a comfortable return to the Bundesliga action as they strolled to a 3-1 victory away from home. Alassane player got the quickest goal of the weekend after just 37 seconds to set the tone for the evening. Lovely finish in the bottom left corner. And just six minutes later, Marcus Turam, son of the famous Lilian Turam, made it two with a sublime build-up. Remy Bensebaini's second half penalty sealed the win for Borussia against a Frankfurt side who, let's be honest, could only muster a late Andre Silva consolation response. So the result lifts Marco Rose's men into third after Freiburg held Leipzig to a 1-1 draw. That means Munching Gladbach pretty much ran them ragged, but overall stats-wise, I think it was quite a tight affair. But in the end, uh, Munching Gladbach got the goals that counted. Who stands out for you in this game? Uh, I would have to say Ben Sabaini. Yeah. yeah, solid performance. Um, it's it's you know it's a player who's very versatile. He can play as a center defender, a left back, or center midfielder, and that also shows in his in his attacking play. Uh, I mean, he scores a goal, uh, goes up twenty seven point five percent on kicks off. But you know he has some he has some key stats. He wins all almost all of his aerial duels. He dribbles. He had three clearances, you know, so he does his defensive work, but he also had uh, two key passes uh, and a couple of big chance creations. So with 52 touches as a defender, that's, that's I mean, that's a solid performance. Um, how did Kevin Trapp do this game? Because, I mean, there's an argument to be made that Kevin Trapp could have done better on the penalty. Uh, I mean, he made a couple decent saves here and there, but, uh, I mean, in your opinion, how, do you think he had a decent game? I mean, I think I think he had a decent game, and the penalty, penalties are always difficult to discuss, you know. Mm. If it goes in, it's a good penalty. If it doesn't, it's, it's a bad penalty. And, 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 and Keepers always to blame, isn't it? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, uh, shout out to Matthias Ginter with probably the best save of the game. 85th minute. Wow. Yeah. Jonas Hoffman comes in. He had the goal gaping open and somehow shoots it from the six meter line. And with a diving block with his right foot, Ginter just clears it off the line. I mean, crazy stuff, isn't it? That's one for the highlights. <laughs> for sure. For sure. That's, but that, that's when you really start to appreciate defensive actions, right? Yeah. With these kind of for things. For sure. For sure. So I imagine for you, a similar story to. Leverkusen, Borussia Mönchengladbach. I mean, they're in and around the title position, but do you not think they're going to go the whole way? You don't give them a chance either. I, I don't think they have the experience to to fight for the title until the last last match round. Okay. I think it's incredible what they have done, uh, third place at the moment. And and you know I'm rooting for them to get the Champions League spot, but to go for the title, I think you need that little bit extra, which uh, Dortmund and Bayern yeah. they have that experience of fighting for title until the last second. Yeah, that experience really comes in handy, doesn't yeah. it? So, uh, some notable mentions from the weekend. Uh, obviously, we didn't cover all the games t- for time reasons, but Hertha BSA got a nice 3-0 win away from home against Hoffenheim, which uh, does their campaign good, getting them away from the relegation zone. Freiburg-Leipzig ended up 1-1. Uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf and Paderborn 0-0 in the end. Augsburg-Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg ended up coming out of that 2-1 victors in the end. I have to say, shout out for the Köln-Mainz game. I mean, that was a pretty good game. Um, and probably goal of the weekend for me from Pierre Kunde, who had a sublime run from halfway almost dribbled past four or five players and slotted it in the bottom right corner fantastic finish um, so with, with, with the weekend over all wrapped up uh, what are the games we've got looking forward to coming up Wick what are you thinking uh, I mean next weekend we have some nice games we have um, or this weekend I should say uh, you have Bayern Frankfurt which is which uh, you know Frankfurt can always on the right day right day cause some upset uh, Dortmund Wolfsburg is an interesting matchup um, Wolfsburg you know you can never rule them out of, of, of a strong performance so um, and I think you know the, the 
the match round or the match week uh, after that comes straight after on Tuesday, which is great. Yeah, you know that's what, you that's love what to we missed. And then, you love to see it. And the match there is Dortmund Bayern. There you go. And I mean, the two title protagonists, Dortmund Bayern, they're set to go head to head at the Signal Iduna Park uh, in about a week's time. That should probably be a pretty pivotal game for this season, though. Yeah, if Bayern win that, they'll be champions. Yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. So, for all you football fanatics out there, fantasy football fanatics and statisticians, um, who are the players to watch coming up in the next couple of games? Uh, I think that you know, there's a couple of players definitely to watch, and they're you know the the known starlets, uh, a Gnabry, a player who I love, who's so dangerous up front. Uh, I, I actually can't believe that he didn't get his chance at Arsenal. To be no. fair, I mean, look, I know he had a couple of injuries, and I know that he maybe didn't show form at Arsenal Football Club, but they must be kicking themselves for absolutely, him absolutely. We can have a whole podcast talking about yeah, that. Absolutely, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, Gnabry definitely was having a hell of a season. I mean, you always got to keep an eye out for Haaland. You know, yeah. we, we have no idea how high this guy can fly. No. So, um, and I think it's quite high. Jaden Sancho, who, who maybe not had the best game uh, yeah. last weekend. Controversial, though. He started on the bench. Uh, I was actually a bit disappointed to see that. Obviously, a fellow Englishman. I really want to see him on yeah. pitch. Um, I'm sure he'll have uh, a lot more influence on games coming up. I'm sure he'll have a big part to play. So, hopefully, one to watch uh, for the future games. Absolutely. And it might be his last couple of months in the German Bundesliga. So, uh, so check yes, him out. You know, that. one player I also want to mention is is uh, Hakimi from Dortmund, yep. the right back, who I think is just such a solid uh, right back to have with with immense uh, danger up front as well. And then, uh, furthermore, you know, we have the, we have the the young diamonds who are. Um, who maybe you haven't heard of, but uh, but on Kickstarts proved to be quite a valuable player. Yeah, so yeah. give me give me uh, give me some insider trader knowledge. Uh, who right now, if I was to make an account tomorrow, who am I going for? Who am I going to be picking out? Well, I definitely check out uh, Florian Wirtz from uh, from Leverkusen, seventeen years old, um, one of the youngest players, and I think uh, uh, he made a good impression. So I don't think he'll be out of the starting lineup soon. Tyler Adams, which is a defensive midder, midfielder from uh, Leipzig, who I think has been a, a revelation. You don't see many uh, American football players, you know, making it uh, uh, like the same you have with Alfonso Davies. Yeah, Canadian. Canadian. By all accounts as well. Yeah. So um, you mentioned him already, Marcos Turam, who is in... It was in uh, yeah, great, of, great talent. Yeah, one, great of, talent. one of two sons from Lillian. The other one's playing for Nice. I believe. Yeah, footballing family with yeah. a great celebration. Also, always yeah, with the, with got, the corner flag. Gotta love it. Um, I think someone who's who's already quite known, but uh, Dio Upamecano, who's also a defender from Leipzig, one of the most sought after defensive talents. Who's um, yeah, it's just, uh, for consecutive seasons in the Bundesliga is proving himself to be a really stable factor at the top of the table. And finally, a surprising one, Christopher Trimmel, who's 33, so not not. <laughs> the youngest but he, uh, fr- uh, he's a get an old de- boy in there exactly he's a defender from Union Berlin who's just uh, shocking everyone actually with his uh, with his solid performance he's a he's a beast of a defender and he's and he's proving it so uh, so check those out on, uh, on Kickstarter they might give you a their, their bargain check them out so uh, that's our Bundesliga roundup for the week hope you guys enjoyed it look parting words from you Vic uh, shout out to Kickstocks obviously thanks for coming on I really appreciate that hopefully this becomes a weekly thing we're going to be bringing you Bundesliga roundups on a more regular basis just before we end just to wrap it up um, tell us Kickstocks Vic how do you sign up where do we find you and what's it all about uh, it's really simple go to kickstocks.com it's a web app it works on mobile works on desktop uh, optimized for mobile yeah and it's super easy it's free to sign up and you know it's I can imagine that all you football fans out there always have the discussion who knows most about football well I mean here's your chance to prove it show us there you go put your money where your mouth is exactly so thanks for joining us on the Bundesliga Roundup this week I hope to see you next time take care